Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, episode 8. Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the budget-minded traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. Thanks for tuning in to episode eight today, wherever you are. Before we get into the meat of today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to all of you listeners who have emailed me or left me a review in iTunes and encouraged me and even given me some topics to cover in future episodes. It's been amazing the feedback that I've gotten from all of you guys out there. So thank you so much for that. I cannot believe that it's already been over two months since I launched the podcast that um, happened on the 24th. It actually was two months. Um, And I'm happy to say that I have over 20,000 downloads now, which is awesome, I think. And so thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Today's interview, I am so excited about. It's It was incredible. It kind of knocked my socks off. And I really hope that it does the same for you guys. I actually had the privilege of interviewing an old friend of mine from high school. Her name is Sarah Field. And we did actually go to high school together. We used to play soccer and ski together. And after high school, we both became travelers. And she studied abroad in France. She actually went to culinary school in France for a year. She's really into food and culture. And um, actually, a couple of years ago, I think it was three years ago, just about, she embarked on a year-long hiking trip through South America with two of her good um, girlfriends. And she is coming on the show today to talk about that trip specifically, some things that they were able to incorporate into that trip that might be, (laughs) I think they'll definitely be of interest to you. They might blow your mind, kind of like they did for me. Um, There's some really exciting things that they specifically did to help fund, I guess, their trip in a way, they actually got sponsors. So we're going to talk about um, how they kind of thought, you know, outside the box and prepared a little bit differently for this trip than most people would. Um, So we're going to talk about that. And another thing that I didn't even know about that I didn't even know it existed. uh, There's a website that connects adventurers and scientists, and it might not be quite what you think. So definitely stick around for that. And if you're interested in traveling and giving back at the same time, 
um, you might be specifically interested in this part of the episode. So we've got kind of two major themes going on in the episode today. So one last thing I want to add before we get into the interview is that I actually did this interview last last week, the day after I suddenly lost my voice. And so I sound pretty interesting in this episode. So please just bear with me. And I apologize for the, the, the voice. Um, and uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get right into it. So here we go. All right. I'd like to welcome Sarah Field to the show. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jackie. It's so great to talk to you after so long, honestly. (laughs) Um, There's nothing like travel to bring people together, right? Exactly. And so this is, you went on this trip in, you left in September of 2011, correct? Yes, that's correct. And basically ever since then, I have been wanting to talk to you about (laughs) this trip. And this is, I think, the perfect platform to be able to have this conversation because I feel like it's a conversation that a lot of people are going to actually learn from because of the things that you're going to be able to share with us. So it's kind of perfect that it worked out this way that our first conversation about this should be on the podcast. But um, so I'm really excited to have you. And I know that you're going to have some really cool things to share with us today that I have never really gotten into. So you kind of have a unique uh, perspective on some of the things that we're going to talk about. So your trip, first of all, I would love to hear how you came up with the idea of (laughs) hiking the length of South America, because that's no easy task. So what, where did that come from? Um, Well, I should preface this with um, Shelly, Trinity, and I, we all met through Chile, Colorado camps. Um, Trinity and I, when we were 14 as campers during the summer, and then we met Shelly on staff in 2005. So that's kind of where we all were connected. But I think when we had first, we had our first planning session, um, I hadn't seen Trinity in about five years. So, um, Trinity was, with Shelly and they were drinking wine, you know, all good. (laughs) I love the travel, the travel plans that start with wine. There's, there's many. (laughs) So, um, you know, Trinity was like, Oh man, I had this friend that was hiking from, he was going from like Alaska down to South America. And, um, she was like, I thought it'd be so cool to join him for the South America part, but you know, he never got back to me. Shelly was like, huh, I'll do it with you. (laughs) And Trinity was like, Oh really? And she said, yeah, field will too. And so they called me up. I was in New York um, in grad school at the time. And they're like, hey, well, you want to go hike in South America? And I think the way they phrased it was like hike in South America. I didn't really know what we were doing until we actually like left. <laughs> and um, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, uh, of course. And that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, that like, sounds fun. You're an outdoorsy person. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. So, and that was the starting point. That was a year before we left. Okay. And so then how many times did you actually like, like, did you meet to plan or did you not get together till you actually left? We did one planning session in Breckenridge. Shelly was in Breckenridge, Colorado at the time. Um, so I flew in from New York. We did a little planning weekend and then the rest was just, you know, phone calls and internet. (laughs) So that planning weekend, I kind of want to talk about your plans because you guys had something that not most travelers, you know, think to have, um, or use as a resource when they're traveling. And that is sponsors. And I would love to hear the story about how 
you came up with the idea of asking for support, um, who you asked, like, what was the deal with the sponsor thing? How did you even figure out that that was a possibility? What did that look like for you guys? So we, um, had some connections through friends and had had people do trips before and they got sponsors and we kind of knew people in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so we, we threw out the idea of, Hey, maybe, maybe we could get some, some gear given to us for free. And we, um, we tried to email companies before we left, but you know, people are very reluctant to give you things until you've sort of proven yourself that you can actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't end up getting officially sponsored until we were into our trip, um, a couple months in. So we tried at the beginning, but, um, to no avail. So we left with our own, um, gear that we had purchased. And then as we went, most of the gear that we acquired to replace, cause you go through gear incredibly quickly when you're on the trail all the time. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That was all, well, not all of it, mostly was sponsored. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it didn't come until after you had started. So can you give us an idea of what your, like, what did you email to these companies and who did you reach out to? Did you contact the PR departments um, and what did you say to them? So we actually, we used social media and we would take pictures with our backpacks and we'd kind of we, we called it blasting and we'd like social blast them with, um, like post on their Facebook page, like, Hey, um, Gossamer gear. That's who we got our backpacks from the check out the Tres Chicas Locas, you know, hiking in South America. We love your packs. And we'd kind of like blast them with, with photos. Um, same with like Patagonia and, uh, yeah, HR, the marketing people usually. And then a lot of it was networking. Um, through people we know, we ended up, one of our good friends from Boulder, she ended up getting a job with Sierra Designs, Isis and Kelty. And so she had an in there. That's convenient. That's convenient. <laughs> yeah, super convenient. So it was, um, but a lot of it's social media because we would blast these companies' web pages essentially with pictures of us in the gear, using the gear. And then we'd do gear reviews on our blog. So we do a whole blog post reviewing like the backpack, for instance, or various things we like about our clothing gear and what um, we wish was different and what, you know, what's the most useful, what we sent back. And we'd, we'd kind of do our own little gear reviews. And then between that and like the social media of blasting like photos and um, little blurbs and constantly like hounding them, (laughs) we end up getting sponsors. (laughs) Okay. So what was the, what gear did you end up getting from this? What you said, something about backpacks. What else, what did you get from all this? So, um, Gossamer sent us new backpacks and they actually, we, um, posted it on their Facebook page and then they reached out to us and we're like, Hey, do you want some new backpacks? (laughs) So, which was incredible because once we got our new ones, we realized how torn up our old ones were. Um, so we, they gave us new ones and then through a super awesome organization called She Jumps, it was a very fortuitous, um, occurrence with them where one of the, the gals from She Jumps saw our names on a register in Ushuaia, Argentina. And, um, you know, we had written our names and under what you, what you do, your occupation, we said adventures essentially <laughs> nice. and, um, had listed our blog and she ended up 
finding our blog, researching us, contacting us, and then um, through her and a lot of the promotions through She Jumps, um, we got in contact with another company called Gear Gals. And Gear Gals, they do gear reviews for women. And then Gear Gals sort of gathered a bunch of stuff from like Patagonia um, and other companies and sent us stuff that way as well. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> and how did you get this gear? Cause I mean, I'm imagining you guys like hiking with, you know, in the middle of nowhere mm. in South America and it's not like the UPS truck just drives by. How exactly. did that work out? <laughs> well, there are still some packages that have yet to be found. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there you go. It's been a while, two years, I guess. And yes, we've never seen them. We don't know where they went. So we utilized friends um, and family that were coming down to visit us okay. to bring mm. us our gear resupplies. So we would ship, we would buy stuff online or the sponsors would actually send the gear to them and then they would bring it down to us. Because honestly, I have no idea how we would have gotten stuff otherwise. A huge package from Gear Gals got turned away at the border for who knows what reasons um, with like rain jackets and shoes. Um, and socks and a bunch of stuff that were completely useful and harmless. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, so without having people actually bring us things, I think it would have been incredibly difficult to get those resupplies. Yeah. You guys did get lucky in that. I think that there might be a system through, um, like official, uh, post offices, um, within countries that they'll hold packages for travelers. But, yes. Um, and we tried that. I know my mom actually tried to send me stuff and it just never showed up. And okay. it's, um, it's a South American thing. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. When I was studying abroad in Costa Rica, I, that was the first time I studied abroad. And my mom, I remember she sent me a package once, which this is a huge deal. Like I don't get pa- care packages <laughs> and she sent me a package and it just, it didn't arrive. And the unfortunate thing is she never tried again. And then, so every time I studied abroad after that, I just, I didn't get any more packages, <laughs> but that's the, that's the reality of it is mail does not always get there. So mm-hmm. it's great that you guys had an op an alternate method of getting your, it was your gear. It, it helped immensely, especially because then we could buy things that we needed. We could tell the companies, um, to mail the stuff to these people. And then they just brought it in safely. Um, we, I think another thing we tried and maybe we're successful with, I can't even remember now <laughs> was we had people, um, mail stuff to somebody we had met on the trail. So an actual official address and they'd send it to that person. Okay. And that was, uh, that was successful. It was the post office thing was not very, not very reliable, I guess you could say. Yeah. That's interesting though. Cause then at the same time, if you're moving a lot, then you kind of have to wait around for a package if you're Mm -hmm. getting it mailed somewhere. Exactly. We spent about five days, twice waiting for a package that I had mailed originally. So sometimes we would mail, we, well, we tried once to mail stuff ahead. Um, I have allergies and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. and, um, I sent from our starting point, I sent a couple, I wanted it like a month out and I sent some inhalers, an EpiPen or two and some other pills to Chile. And then when we got there, they weren't there. We waited about five days. They never arrived. So then we somehow figured out how to get them to tr- 
forward it on to another city. And then it's, we had to spend about five days there waiting as well. So it was really tedious and not the most efficient process at all. Did you end up getting it? I did. Oh, it was, wow. It was, it was like kind of incredible. Gosh, like six months later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got it. It was very exciting. Well, when you're talking about those types of things, that's kind of important. So it is. It's yeah. Weird. And actually that's, that's a, that's a whole nother topic that I, I might want to ask you back on the show for later is, um, that you have severe allergies. And I originally wanted to talk to you about that before I found out that you got <laughs> sponsors on this trip. I was like, sponsors, what? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, maybe we'll save that topic for later. But, um, so another question, the idea of getting the sponsors, I just kind of want to get to the bottom of it. Is it just cause you wanted the challenge of it and the fun of getting the new gear or was there a purpose? Could you, um, you know, of affording the gear or like, what, what was that part of it? It was definitely a lot of it was, um, financial. Okay. Gear is incredibly expensive. And I mean, we went through like three or four pairs of shoes each, um, two rain jackets, two backpacks, countless t-shirts. And I've never worn through stuff before and we just wore it out. And so, um, you know, a lot of it was, it's, it was so expensive to constantly be replacing stuff. Um, and then we also were really trying to do the social media thing and get our blog going, um, and, and kind of, I guess, market our trip a little bit, not in a way that we wanted to, you know, somebody to sponsor us entirely, but we just wanted people to see what we were doing because it was very unique, especially cause we were three women and, um, we were lightweight backpacking too, which was a little different. And so, um, we just, I think we just were trying to promote ourselves and like, Hey, look how awesome we are. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's fun. I mean, you're going on a trip like this. It is really unique. I mean, you're hiking the length of South America and you each know a lot of people who are going to be interested in following your trip. So, and I was one of them. So I was glad that you guys <laughs> did it. And a lot of it, you know, was, um, sort of women, empowerment. Um, I think a lot of women are very timid to go out and adventure on their own. And especially in like South America, Oh, it's so dangerous. You know, there were so many horror stories where we heard before we left and we were really timid at the beginning and it actually was to our detriment. It held us back and we weren't Mm -hmm. as open and we kind of missed out on some opportunities in the beginning. And then it only took like maybe three weeks before us to be like, wait, this is the hold on, reevaluate right. and sort of change our attitudes. Um, but you know, there is a lot of, there are stereotypes about South America and how dangerous it is. And obviously you have to be smart. You can't just go in naive and, you know, shouting to the world that you're traveling by yourself. Yeah. But, but it's a beautiful country and people are so welcoming and hospitable. And, you know, I'd feel more comfortable hiking in South America than probably in the States. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one thing people don't realize is that, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, just as unsafe anywhere, really. You just have exactly. to have your wits about you and, and be smart. So exactly. And so it was just, it was a lot of sort of women promotion, like you know, you can do this. You can be an awesome, adventurous woman. Um, you don't necessarily like need a man by your side all the time. Like it's okay to go solo or in the, our trifecta, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's, yeah. that's great because that's a huge topic in and of itself. Honestly, <laughs> maybe we should talk about that someday too, <laughs> but seriously, it, it's a huge question that a lot of people have. So, mm-hmm. um, 
that's awesome that you guys were trying to promote also in that sense. Yeah. And, and it kind of occurred organically. Like we started the trip and we made a blog for mostly for our parents and friends to keep in touch with. And then we kind of realized we were doing something pretty unique. And so we started, you know, doing the gear thing and then we started getting sponsors and more followers and it kind of, it just rolled. And we, um, and we were able to probably, I think it was like six months in, we became, it was kind of like, Oh, you're, you're, you're legit. (laughs) Like we Mm -hmm. were willing to sponsor you and give you gear, um, and help you out now because you've kind of proven yourself. Um, right. But yeah, it was very organic in its occurrence. I love it. I just (laughs) love the idea. Really. I think it's awesome that you guys did that. Um, and it, it just, it's kind of making my mind just kind of roll, you know, I love how, what it turned into too. Cause I watched your blog, like you guys definitely had a lot of followers, a lot of people interested in your trip. So I think it's great that you put it out there to say, Hey, we are doing this and you know, whatever it might bring you or bring to other people. Cause I'm sure you inspired a lot of people mm-hmm. along the way. Um, women, especially. Yes, exactly. And we, um, recently we were in the fall 2013 women's adventure magazine, um, sort of as backpacking experts, nice, which was awesome. But, um, it, it was one of those things that you realized after we had been going for a while that we were really having an, an impact on people and it's, it gave it something else, even though that wasn't the original meaning of the trip, all of a sudden it like took another turn. Yeah. So we're we're really like influencing people and inspiring people. And that's great. Yeah. Bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I want to change gears a little bit. Um, I, how did, so your, the plan was to go for an entire year how did you save money to fund this trip? Cause you said, you know, it was expensive trying to get all the gear and stuff. So what did you do, um, on the financial side to make the trip happen? Well, um, let's see. So we had about a year before we left. So I slowly started saving. Um, and then I, I finished grad school and I moved home with mom and dad and, um, you know, rent free. And I worked like four jobs and just over the summer and pulled in the cash and basically did what I could. And then you would have people every now and then that would kind of be like, Hey, I want to contribute to your trip. Like here's a couple bucks. Here's a hundred dollars. Here's this. And that really helped. And gee, so, that's nice. How, where do I sign up for that? <laughs> I know here, let me hear this will pay for a bottle of wine. You know, yeah. like, this is on me, um, which was awesome. And I think I, I luckily like purchased during grad school when I had a job, I was able to purchase a lot of my gear and my flights. And then I left for the year with maybe like $6,000. Okay. Actually, that's um, pretty good. Which is pretty good. It, it wasn't enough. I ended up borrowing a little bit more. Um, and then I had to cut my trip about a month shorter than Shelly and Trinity because I just, I ran out of funds. Okay. Um, I thought you had a wedding to go to, too, or something. I like, did. Yes. So, and that, that's always, it's you know, worked out. weddings always tend to mess up travel plans. <laughs> <laughs> and so it worked out. I was out of money. Um, 
And it was, it was, that was a hard decision though. Cause it was only a month, but oh my gosh, it broke my heart. Oh, <laughs> like so leaving sad. them. Oh gosh, it was awful. Yeah. And I was so sick that day too. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like the most depressing thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I like threw up on the bus and was like crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, um, so about, let's see. Could you, so you were gone for almost a year total or what was it exactly? I did. Um, the girls were about 11 months and then I was about 10 months, I guess a little over for both of us. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's almost a year. Mm -hmm. Um, is getting sponsors something you think that other travelers could do? Do you think that they could take advantage of that? Oh, definitely. People love giving out gear and having you test it out. They want exposure. You know, I think, I still think it'd be really hard if you were a newbie, um, to be able to legitimize yourself to these companies. Like, Hey, I will do this, you know, look at my blog, blah, blah, blah. But, um, it's, it's something that's so possible. Companies have stockpiles of gear that they want tested out and they want gear reviews on. If you're, especially if you're willing to write reviews and promote their stuff, um, you know, they'll really, they'll take that opportunity. It's a great exposure for them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as, you know, if if you get to the right person, then you could really get a good connection there. And I mean, our, our connection with Sierra Designs, Kelty and Isis definitely helped. Um, Right. Right. And not everybody has that (laughs) advantage. Um, we tried, but you know, it's amazing. Like a little bit of talking and networking through other adventures and all of a sudden you, you find somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody and right. bam. <laughs> right. Uh, so what would be a piece of advice you would give to someone looking to maybe um, get their trip sponsored for, for something in so some sort of way? I think a lot of it has to do with the, um, the attitude that you have and what your trip is about. Um, for us, like our trip wasn't a monetary trip. We weren't trying to, you know, get have somebody like make a movie off of our trip. We just wanted to do it and just go for it. Um, and then we also, we went through this, um, organization called adventures and scientists, um, for conservation. And through them, we were connected with a scientist, um, Peter at Pacific biodiversity Institute. And then we actually did data collection for him throughout our entire trip. And that. I don't know. It was like we were giving back in a way um, Mm -hmm. because we were helping map this sort of unmapped area of South America and it it gave it another dimension to the trip. And I think when you show maybe that you're doing it in not such a self-serving way, like you're trying to give back and do something a little different, people might be more willing to help you out as well. I'm so glad you brought that up about the scientist thing. Cause I saw that on the blog and I was just like, what, what yeah. is, and what, <laughs> what the heck was that about? Like, what did you actually do? Cause that's what I want to know. What did data collection? I'm like holding my hands up with the quotes. What did that look like? What did you actually <laughs> do for that? And how did you share that information? So what we did, it was actually great. We, um, you know, the great thing about this organization is that they want to make sure whatever like science you're participating in, it works with your, um, your trip with your adventure. Right. So we, we didn't want something like we had an opportunity to 
catch moths at night, but we would need like flashlights and nets and <laughs> stuff. And it was just too elaborate. Yes. <laughs> so we found this one and it was great. And all we needed to do basically was we had a series of questions, maybe like 30 questions that we, we would go through every night. But the questions were also a great way for us to kind of recap on the day. Like we'd go through, we'd be like, what, you know, what was the terrain like, um, water crossings, water accessibility, where you, what kind of road were you on, were there other roads? Um, and every morning we would take a 360 degree picture with our camera with the GPS on um, so that you could see where we slept and what our surroundings were like. And just kind of very general questions, um, flora, fauna, that kind of stuff, but it was a great way for us to recap because sometimes at the end of a long day, we'd be like, wait, what did we do this morning? Like, what? You know? And, yeah. <laughs> and so we'd go through and we'd just answer the questions and we'd call it questions. So we'd be in the tent and be like, okay, let's do questions. Yeah, and that's so questions. awesome. Okay, so going back a little bit, you said you found one that fit your your situation, whatever. What do you mean by that? Where were you? Like, is that on a website? Where can people find that? So it's... um our predecessor, essentially Greg Trainish, he and his um, girlfriend at the time, they hiked the length of South America and they literally hiked every step of the way. Um, so it took him like two years. And when he got back, he was like, you know, that was great and all, but I really wish I could have done something to give back. Like it was, you know, I just did it and that's it. And I want to give back. So he started this organization. Um, and it's a, association. It's the, oh gosh, now I'm totally blanking. Um, adventures and scientists for conservation. And it basically the scientists from all over, they post different things that they're doing research on like different projects and stuff. And then through that, you can like find a project that you would be interested. So there's all different varieties for people all over the world because scientists are doing research on everything constantly. And then you can just kind of find one that is a match for you. This is incredible. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. So it just pairs scientists and adventurers and it's all for like conservation and it's, it's fantastic. It's such a great organization. And, um, so we found PBI was doing this, you know, mapping essentially of South America and it was sort of a low impact, I guess, on our trip. Um, Meaning you wouldn't have to take a lot of extra stuff to make it work. Exactly. Cause there are some where it requires you to send things in and whatever, but they have them for, if you're doing into kayaking or if you're going off into Siberia, I mean, all sorts of projects. Wow. This is so exciting. <laughs> like, I'm so excited to be learning about this from you right now. <laughs> I am definitely going to uh, be putting this website on the show notes page, by the way, for everybody out there listening, because this is something that I'm sure a lot of you are going to want to look into. So I'll have the, the link there on the show notes page. Um, and I think it's something where, again, if you're looking into getting sponsored, if you're doing something for somebody else and like for conservation and something for the greater good along with your trip, I, I don't know. It just, it gives another element that I think, think, um, gear companies are more interested in than just somebody that's looking for sponsors. Mm -hmm. And look at all the things that you got to be involved in simply by connecting with these different um, institutions, you know, yeah. the gear and the science and all these things that, that were part of your trip that just, I think sounds like it just made it so much more valuable to you guys. Oh, absolutely. And Peter, the scientist we work with, he was just awesome. Like 
we'd talk to Peter all the time and we'd be on the trail and we'd be like, oh, Peter would love this. And we'd like take a picture of something, <laughs> you know, it just it gave us another purpose. <laughs> yeah, that is so awesome. I really love this idea. I cannot wait to tell my husband about this because he like graduated with a degree in biology and he's going to be like, where can we go? <laughs> I'm really excited to learn about this. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> changing gears a little bit again, uh, what were the biggest things that you learned from this trip? Like what were your biggest takeaways? Um, and I know I, that's a loaded question because yeah. you were gone for a year, <laughs> but maybe give us a glimpse of how this year on the road changed your life. So I had always been into traveling. I lived in France for a year and would go travel on my own. And when friends would come and visit, we'd, we'd plan trips. And I was the type of person that would plan out where we were staying and where we were going. And, you know, we needed to fit this and this and this and, and, um, it was pretty organized, you know, and I'd have a little folder and, yeah. <laughs> and you go to South America, we didn't have any technology except for a camera and our, our GPS and our, um, Kindles and, um, and then you just kind of go like, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't too much planning. We picked benchmarks, um, every few months for people to come and meet us and, you know, to get gears, resupplies mm-hmm. and have friends and visitors. And then when we were on the trail, we'd be like, okay, we just need to get to the next town. And, you know, we do it like five to seven days out cause our packs were lightweight. So we couldn't carry too much food with us. Um, and then once we got there, it's like, okay, now what should we do? But it was very just kind of, again, I like it occurred or very organically. <laughs> That's kind of like how everything happened. Everything was luckily we had of, I don't know, a lot of serendipity that occurred throughout the trip. Um, but it was like things would happen and then they would just lead to something so much greater. And you, you just have to be so flexible. And I think mm-hmm. that for me was huge because my personality, I like to be in charge. I like to plan and stuff. And it changed me. Like, I don't know. I was willing to just kind of let things happen as they wanted to. And if we had to change plans because the bus wasn't running because it was Easter or booked up or, you know, something broke down and we had to hitchhike to a town that we weren't planning on. Like that was okay. You just had to just go with it. (laughs) Yeah. I think liberating is what I'm getting out of this for you. Absolutely. It was very liberating. It was like getting me out of my little like type A box and like planning and just like, ah, be free. Yeah. I think a lot of people dream about that though. Like I think a lot of people dream about being in that place one day, you know, and just kind of letting it go and and a a chance like a year on the road sounds like a good, pretty good place to, to put that to practice. And you could never plan out. We didn't have a trail. We forged our own trail. So it was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get to here. And we, you know, try to get as much beta as we could on the, the trip we were about to take, or, you know, the next leg we called it. And, uh, but you know, sometimes things wouldn't go as planned and you'd be sleeping on like the side of a cliff, but it was okay. Like, yeah. it was, you know, it was all part of the experience. And then every, all the crazy stories, you don't, I don't know, you don't like, share your good, easy stories. Nobody cares. Like those aren't the interesting ones, you know, the stories you tell are the crazy ones where it was just like out of this world. 
scary, exciting, <laughs> exhilarating, all that. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny to hear you talk like that because I'm actually staring at your blog right now. I'm looking at the blog and I just keep looking at this picture that you have of South America and the little red dotted line, like of your <laughs> tour or of your route that you did. And for being so, um, you know, kind of blowing with the breeze, it's a very straight line. <laughs> <laughs> you you well, kind of stuck to something, the border, it looks like. It was a very big continent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but, I guess it's hard to, to vary that much in a place that's so big. So. Yeah. You, you know, I think a lot of the success of our trip was that we we created a mission statement. And as ridiculous as that sounds, it actually like helped us stay focused and stay together because we sat down and we're like, what is this trip? Are we trying to hike as much as we can or are we trying to see things? How much time do we want to take? Are we going to be able to like, you know, skip ahead if we don't like a section? And so we came up with our, our mission statement and then these sort of core values that surrounded the mission statement. So, Mm -hmm. and there were times where, so the, the mission statement was essentially like, we will hike as much as possible from Ushuaia to Quito over the course of a year. And then those little core values that surround it, like health, safety, fun, um, unity, growth, opportunity, flexibility, tranquility, optimism, and the other. Yes. So the exploration of the other, as in like the unknown kind of awesome. Um, it was a term we used in grad school a lot (laughs) that I just love. (laughs) It encompasses so much, but there were literally times where we'd be like, hanging out and hiking and it would just kind of suck. And you'd be like, this is miserable. Like (laughs) it's windy, it's flat, it's ugly, it's not safe. And so we'd kind of like consult those core values. Is this safe? No, because we couldn't set up a tent because it's too windy. Um, is this fun? No. Um, is this uniting us? No, we can't even talk and we're angry and miserable. So, you know, we'd like consult them. <laughs> no, that we- is so awesome though. Cause I think as three women traveling together, if you didn't have that to fall back onto things probably would have, you know, exactly at some point fallen apart. And that's what some people say, like, what was the biggest s- success? And we're like, mm, probably that we're still all friends. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's no easy feat either. I think it really, I mean, traveling, a l- traveling at all is, you know, you got to pick your travel buddies really carefully and right. you just pick two girls to travel for a year with. Like, that's a huge, that's a huge decision, you know, exactly. and, and you did it. And that's awesome. Travel buddies are critical. I mean, you, you just have to be on the same page. And so I guess I learned, going back to that question, I think I learned a lot about how to travel um, in the sense that, you know, I don't have to be in charge. It doesn't have to be planned. It's more, it's, and I've really gotten to seeing the off the beaten track places and spending a lot of time in a little funky area. Like we were in towns where they hadn't seen a white person in I don't know, five, six, seven years. I mean, it's, you know, so we were out there and that's where you really experience the country and the culture and you meet the people and you have these amazing experiences that are so unique that nobody else will probably ever experience. And I think that's what I love the most now um, about traveling is going to the places where people don't go. Well, that's, I totally agree with you on that (laughs) one. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's like saying, Oh, you don't think you could get that from Cabo? Like you've got to be joking me, you know, like you have to get out to those places that are, that are just out there where the culture is real and the people are real in order to get the real, 
um, experience. Exactly. And I'm, I'm a food person. It's, I do food, (laughs) you know, it's everything to me. And so really though, when you're out in the culture and in the country, really experiencing it, it's very hands-on and first and real and visceral. And you're just all these crazy things, but it comes down to food too. So you're like, wow, this is the food. It, it, it like defines this culture almost. Oh I yeah. <laughs> I love the food too. That's, I always say that's one of my favorite things about traveling is getting to try all the foods and yeah. um, that you really do experience a culture through its food. So. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I could honestly talk to you for days about this because I love it. Um, but we should wrap up. Where can people get a hold of you if they if they have questions for you or if, if they want to reach out to you for something? Um, our blog is eathikesleephike.blogspot.com because that's basically what we did. We okay. ate and we hiked yeah. and we slept and we hiked. <laughs> Um, I love the name of that blog, but, um, aside from that, this blog is actually, it's really awesome. There's a lot of really cool information on here and I like the way that you guys set it up. It's very personable. It's funny. It's, um, you guys have some great blog posts, some great insight. Plus you mention all of your gear, like down to the ounce of what they packed. Everything is on this blog. So you guys should definitely check out Sarah's blog, um, eat, hike, sleep, hike, dot blogspot.com it takes a lot to say i guess i yeah. like stare at it to get it right but we but. and we also have a page under the gracias page um with it has a link to asc um pbi and then she jumps gear gals um sierra designs isis kelty and all of that so if you're interested in any of our sponsors and the organizations we worked with. Um, that's a good page to get all that information. Perfect. And I will put all of that information on the show notes page for you guys as well so that it's easy to get to. Okay. Um, so Sarah, thank you so much. This has been an incredible interview and I really think that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. I certainly have. I (laughs) I feel like I've learned a lot. (laughs) It was, I could talk about it forever. So anytime (laughs) we'll we'll have you back on to talk about some other fun subjects because, um, there are a lot. So, (laughs) but for now, uh, we're going to wrap it up. So thanks so much again. And, um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks Sarah. Bye. So awesome. Did anybody else feel like they just learned a ton? Because I did. And I'm hoping you feel the same way. There's a couple of things that I wanted to add to that conversation. Um, One question that I thought was really important that I actually forgot to ask Sarah, um, we talked about it after, was whether or not um, the Adventures and Scientists for Conservation program pays. Because to me, I was thinking, you know, they're actually going not so much out of their way, but they're spending a lot of their time um, devoted to this program. So I thought, are they paying you somehow? Are they helping fund your trip? Um, And she said, no, I don't believe that they compensate. What happens is the scientists provide you with the tools necessary for the research and any other support. Like they said, they were in touch with Peter often. And um, for the girls and their specific task, the tools included a GPS enabled waterproof camera and a variety of digital maps. And so um, they were stoked to have those anyway. And actually one of the girls now 
sits on the board for PBI, which is Pacific Biodiversity Institute, and they are in California. And now um, Trinity, one of the girls, actually leads trips to South America for them, which is crazy. It's it's crazy what kind of opportunities came out of this one program that they had, that they participated in. And the other thing I wanted to add was how they found Greg Trainish in the first place, because we did not touch on that in the interview Um, And that actually came from a simple Google search. She said that they Googled people hiking South America and came across Greg Trainish, who started Adventures and Scientists for Conservation. And again, I'll have all the notes, all the links to everything that we talked about in this episode. I'm going to have all the links on the show notes, which you can find at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash eight, the number eight for episode eight. So definitely use that as a resource to look into all of these things. Check out Sarah's blog. Um, It's very informative. And I'm sure, especially if any of you are heading to South America, take a look at their packing list, which is extremely detailed. You know, there's a lot of helpful things on there. And it's very inspiring anyway. So definitely check that out. Everything will be on thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash eight. And one last thing before I go, if you are on Facebook and you have not connected with me there yet, I invite you to do so. Come on by facebook.com slash the budget minded traveler and just say hi and let me know who's listening. I would love to see you there. And I'm definitely looking forward to the next episode. I have an interview with someone who has done two different TEFL experiences and TEFL is teaching English as a foreign language. So that's definitely going to be one that you should listen to if you're interested in teaching English abroad because she talks about her experience in two different countries. So looking forward to that one. And until then, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.